Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right. It's a Friday, everybody. TGIF, the last show before Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody, if we don't get a chance to say it again, because we are jam-packed, as we typically are on Fridays. Uh, thanks for tuning in here to Sports Daily. I'm Jacob Albrock, alongside Tommy Caster, Jad Chambers producing. We call him Santa Jad because we've got giveaways all the time on the show, and that'll continue today. Uh, we'll give away a little bit of HTO to you. Uh, as we get ready for the holidays, it's been a busy end of the year with those giveaways, and they're always available on the IHOP hotline, 869-1240. Glad to be able to do that for you. Glad to be here with you on this final show uh, before Christmas. It'll be fun. We've got Wyatt Thompson coming later this hour to talk K-State, uh, to talk about the big K-State-Wichita State game last night. Uh, so we'll get into that with Wyatt Thompson. Um, interesting game as the Cats take it over the Shockers. And we'll get into it. We'll get into a little Thursday night football, a massive uh, monumental baseball signing. And surprise, surprise, it's the Dodgers again. They get it done. Uh, so we can get into that in just a second. We'll probably start there because I know we're going to talk college basketball in the next segment. We've also got Paul Savage coming in top of the next hour. And for hour number two, we'll make some picks. We'll have some fun. Tommy, real quick thoughts, because we'll talk about this in the next segment. Shockers, K-State, what'd you think last night? Uh, you know, I thought it was a gritty win for Kansas State. I mean, I was impressed with them. They got to the line a lot, and that was ultimately the difference maker, I think, in the ball game. And really, Wichita State didn't shoot the ball well at all in, in that game. They really struggled from beyond the arc. And, you know, it wasn't, I don't think, the most pretty game by any stretch of the imagination, really for either team. But Kansas State gutted it out. I thought it was a good showing for the Wildcats to bounce back weekend against Nebraska. Um, I think that the talent level is pretty darn close between these two teams. But ultimately, Kansas State, they were able to get it done. Um, and it was, I think the word I used a couple minutes ago is gritty. I'll use it again. It was a gritty win for Kansas State. Yeah, I think your talent uh, talent level is interesting. I agree. I think that K State, you know, has some really talented freshmen that will develop over the year. But as as you look at the experienced players, I I would probably agree with that. Um, I think that you know, as we see Bijan Cortez make his debut last night for the Shockers, uh, it was a little you know uh, maybe a little bit sloppy, but I think you can see 
the upside there with him and understandably in his first game as a shocker, you know, he was trying to do a lot and sometimes ball got away from him. I, I think between he and DeGray, the shockers will get better. With those two, they're just going to take time. It's unfortunate it's going to have to play a little bit into the conference season. It was an odd thing for me last night because I'm watching the game, and I'm just like, I don't I don't think the Shockers are playing poorly, but I think K-State is a little bit better. I, I was impressed sort of with both. I like that Wichita State, you know, sort of reawakened the offense a little bit with, with down low with Poto and Ballard. It was good to see those guys you know, get back. Ballard to was it. really good. I mean, Ballard was yeah. five of six from the field, 13 points. That was good. Well, he was looking for it, right? Like they were looking yeah. for him and he was getting easy buckets. I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to be anything more than easy buckets, but those easy buckets are going to be a big part of whatever it is that they do. Um, they, you know, K-State won the rebounding battle. It wasn't dominating either way on the rebounding front. I know shocker fans will be upset and, and probably are, are already upset with us for the fact that we've, not mentioned yet that the free throw disparity among the two teams, uh, and it was yeah. large, right? Uh, the, yeah, the Kansas State got to the line. That was the difference. K-State took 29 free throws. Wichita State took nine, uh, and K-State made the vast majority of those, shot 23 of 29 from the free throw line. That was absolutely the difference in the game. So, you know, as we look at it and you evaluate it, I think that it is fair to come away and feel okay about both teams, if you're a fan of either, right? Like, K-State right now with all the off-the-court stuff and, and bouncing back after Nebraska, that they're just kind of – you got to just get clear of Naquan Tomlin's situation, and then you'll feel pretty good, I think. Wichita State, it's now we've got these two new players here. Uh, I think both of them clearly are going to make an impact, and I think in a couple of weeks, hopefully it's quickly, you'll see a, a more – a shocker team that looks more like what we thought it would at the beginning of the year. Now, other things have developed, right? I'm not sure anybody thought uh, Xavier Bell would be as big a part of the offense as he has been and needs to continue to be because it sparks them a lot, right? They're not shooting the ball well I don't from three. I don't think that's going to change. They're 3-19 and 19 last night. They're just not, for whatever reason, Wichita State over the last five years or so cannot shoot threes, and it doesn't look like that's going to change this year. Um, you know, I, I, I guess you just have to learn how KU doesn't shoot threes either. Like you can be fine without doing that, right? Like you can figure it out. So we'll see. We'll talk more about that in just a minute though. Uh, because we'll have Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats joining us. Let's talk about, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto, Tommy. This comes right about the time those games were ending as it looked like it was which New York team's going to get him. We probably should have all seen this coming with the, with the, uh, breakdown of how Shohei Otani's contract came in, but his buddy now, Yamamoto, they played together for Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic, gets a record pitcher deal from the Dodgers. Uh, 12 years, $325 million. It's all in. It's $375 million because they had to pay $50 million just to, you know, just to get the rights to talk to him to his Japanese team. So you're looking at, uh, I think it's about $1.1 billion for these two players for the Dodgers. What was your first reaction to that? Good luck to them. That's a lot of money to spend on two players. And and I know that, of course, Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player potentially of all well, time. Let's call it three players then. $1.1 $1. $1 on three players because that's kind of what they're getting. 
Absolutely. And then you you add in, they've got Mookie Betts and they've got Freddie Freeman. They've got Walker Bueller. They traded for Tyler Glasnow this offseason as well from the Rays. I mean, they have stacked up and it is, for all intents and purposes, a super team that the Dodgers are building. And what I think it kind of struck me a little bit funny. I wasn't surprised that Yamamoto ended up in L.A. with Shohei Otani. Didn't shock me one bit, but I had to chuckle a little bit because all of a sudden to me, it seems like the Arizona Diamondbacks come out of nowhere in their division. They make it to the World Series. And in response to that, the Dodgers drop $1.1 billion. And it's not probably directly tied to that, but I think that there's a little bit to be said about that. Like, look, the Dodgers had been at the top of their division and the top of the league for the most part over the last five or six seasons. And then all of a sudden the Diamondbacks in their division end up in the fall classic and they go out there and drop over a billion dollars on two players. Good luck to them. It's hard to manage a super team. You can look at teams in other leagues. Look at the Warriors, you know, in in the NBA. They won titles. It was hard to manage. Well, the Dodgers have never really had a super team to this extent. To this extent, they've have they? had, they've been spending the most forever now. Well, like sure, but they've not put together. Conclusion. They've not put together a top to bottom rotation or starting lineup that is at this level with this caliber of player and this amount of money altogether ever. Right, and so uh, good luck to them. Uh, It's going to be one of two things is going to happen. And this is the the problem with the Dodgers spending this kind of money. Either they win like they should be winning and the expectations are for them to win and win big and win championships. And if they do, it will be expected like they spent all this money and they should be in this position or they don't. And it's a massive, massive failure. And so, I mean, the bottom line is that with these additions, they should be winning championships basically every season that these guys are on their team. They should. That should be the expectation. And that's not reality in Major League Baseball. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, look, that that might be the expectation, but that's never going to be a realistic expectation in baseball because it's hard. But it it is the expectation. That's fine. Not a money that's spent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I get that. But the, the fans probably lose here. But the Dodgers are making a money investment because you get to play a hundred and you get to play eighty-one home games, right? I, you're doing everything you can to win a World Series. But the Diamondbacks went to the World Series last year. It's hard when you get to the postseason, and you we know that you cannot. History shows us you cannot buy your way to a World Series. You just can't do it. It never yeah. works. So. It's it's almost like these to me are regular season investments because you gotta just throw your hands in the air in the postseason, like because I, I mean who knows what will happen in the postseason? But that's they're not spending one point one billion dollars for the regular season. They're spending one point one billion dollars to win championships consistently. The other thing that I want to point out, I haven't looked at it since Yamamoto signed, but I remember bringing it up on this show before Otani signed with the Dodgers. They're over on. Was 94 when Otani became like 97. Cool. That's is he worth he's three probably, wins? You're paying that guy 98, worth, eh, 98, you know, 99. I bet you 1.1 know, billion dollars never. for four yeah. wins. That's that's what I mean. So when I say, of course, they're trying to win World Series championships, what I'm saying is the Dodgers can succeed through these deals, even if they don't, 
because of can they? because of how much marketing and advertising money they'll bring in and ticket sales and all that. Like as far as a financial investment only, people are like, well, how can they do that? They can do it because these investments will make them money. They hope it will win them World Series. But we don't know that in baseball. If this was the NBA, we'd know it, right? Oh, you they're going to win the, early, they're gonna win the you championship. Think, you think potential early playoff exits will be acceptable with Otani, what Yamamoto, is not a, you think Freeman, are, okay. Betts, all so of that? So let's say, let's say they go three years and don't win a World Series. and You think people will not show up in the fourth year? Not saying that. I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about with the investment on the field. That's not going to be acceptable. But what is, but what is the consequence for them not winning World Series for the next three years? You're looking at it clear, like just solely from a financial point of view. No, I'm and trying I get that. to I'm understand not why. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not arguing either. What I'm saying, of course it's not acceptable. The expectation is to win a World Series. The expectation's already been to win a World Series with the Dodgers. They've had the best regular season record for like a billion straight years. What I'm saying, I understand, what I'm saying is I understand where the Dodgers come from in making these types of investments i don't think any smart business person is going to burn money i don't think they're doing that that's so people are like oh they're spending a 1.1 billion dollars just no they're spending 1.1 billion dollars because they'll make more than that on their investment they're also trying to win a world series i get why they're doing it it's it's the fans problem baseball teams don't care that this is happening for the most part Players certainly don't care that this this is great for players. Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell are the big winners yesterday. You think they want a salary cap? No. So I don't know what the change is. Like, get used to it because I don't know how this will ever be collectively bargained out. This is the business of baseball. And unless baseball steps in and does something that I don't think they're allowed to do without collective bargaining, this is it. This is what you can do. We'll talk more about it as we make our way through the show. Let's take a quick break. We'll talk about that Wichita State-K-State game uh, from the K-State perspective. Wyatt Thompson was on the call for the K-State Radio Network. We'll have him next on Sports Daily. You know, the real losers in the Yamamoto deal are the rest of the NL West, but this is one of those things where it's like, thank goodness Major League Baseball expanded the playoff, right? Because it... Like, otherwise, could you imagine what the, you know, like the Giants, the Padres, the the Diamondbacks, the Rockies are feeling right now if we don't have two wild card spots? Like, it's like, oh, we're never going to make the playoffs. But with two wild card spots, you, you just kind of can. Something to, to ponder with all that. We'll get, we'll get more into uh, the business of baseball and Yamamoto and all that in a little bit. But first, the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joining us now on Sports Daily on the uh, night after a... Well, it's a packed house there in Kansas City and a lot of purple. I thought it would be maybe a little more uh, evenly split. It was not, Wyatt. That was a big K-State crowd last night and a big K-State win. really was. Uh, good being on with you guys again, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. i, I got to be honest. I, I was really pleasantly surprised with the turnout in the crowd. It was the biggest attended Wildcat Classic ever. Um, we had a really big crowd. Back in 2010, I think I remember, and I think I read uh, when UNLV was there. But um, it, it was a fun, fun night. I, I think Wichita State has a nice team. I think K-State does too. You knew it was going to be a game, and it was. And, and uh, proud of their effort and their bounce back from the Nebraska game. I think, to me, that's what stands out the most. You know, Tyler Perry scores 17 points in the game, Wyatt. And 
you know, I just it felt like they were able to kind of put what happened with Nebraska last weekend behind them. Did you feel like it was just a different kind of effort, different kind of output from this team than what you witnessed a week ago? Yeah, the output for sure. And, and I think sometimes I've learned over the years being around this so much with coaches that a lot of times what you put into it in the prep um, is what you get out of it when you get to the game. Now, with that said, you never really have control on whether the ball goes in the basket. That's what makes basketball beautiful in some ways and so frustrating in others, right? But, but my point is this. After the disappointment of Nebraska – those guys went back to work, got refocused, and they really worked hard. Coach Tang mentioned to us on the postgame radio show last night that he got after those guys like he hadn't before, and they really responded, and I think he was so proud of that. And, you know, you mentioned Tyler Perry. I, I thought he really was aggressive. K-State's a better team when he's looking more for his shot uh, and yet distributing the ball. Uh, another guy that I was really proud of last night was David Gasson. I thought he had a maybe his best game as a Wildcat this season. Uh, he rebounded the ball decently well. He, he shot it. I think he shocked the world going three for five at the foul line, which shows you that he put in a lot of work over the last few days in refining that, uh, that touch and that release a little bit. Um, and, and for me, after Nebraska, the, the job that they did on the glass against the Shocker team that has some length and some quality to it was, was really standout from my perspective. So, Wyatt, I know Shocker fans and coaches, quite frankly, were frustrated with the foul disparity from your seat. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think that got away from the officials? Was that a concentrated effort, uh, a concerted effort, I should say, from K-State? Or, or what did you make of 29-9 to 9 at, the, at the charity stripe? Well, it is a little bit hard to look at that and not question it to a degree. Uh, I, I, I'm going to try to be as, as fair about that as I possibly can. Um, I do think K-State was aggressive, though, and that was part of it. Um, it did seem, though, like maybe more separate. And again, some people are going to agree with me when I say this and some won't. I don't know that in from my seat, which is what you ask, if I saw that big of, of a def- differential, honestly. I, I mean that. Uh, but but I think when it's all said and done, you know, it's, it's, it played out the way it did. And I think in part because, as I said before, I think K-State was aggressive trying to work the ball in and, and getting paint touches and, and then working out, too. And, and I think that led to some opportunities. White, I really felt like there were several times in the game last night where Wichita State made runs to cut the lead that Kansas State had. And really, I thought the Wildcats did a good job of kind of absorbing those body blows, withstanding the runs that the Shockers had, and then extending their own lead back to a comfortable margin at several different points in the game. What do you attribute that to uh, for Kansas State to be able to not only absorb those runs from Wichita State, but then to get the lead back? a really good question um i think probably the the most simple answer is is just hanging with it and and not losing concentration and focus and and maybe even deeper than that not getting frustrated by not being able to put those guys away i mean they're up 9 10 11 and you're thinking okay they're going to even extend it out a little bit more and have some real big separation here and they could never do it 
you know, they, they got up 11 that first time, and I'm, I'm thinking this really feels good. Things are going well, and the next thing you know, it's a five-point game. So Wichita State fought. Um, I know they and, – and this is going back to what we were talking about before with, with the foul disparity. I, I think it hurt the Shockers a little bit that they had, a, excuse me, a couple of two or three guys uh, with a couple of early fouls, including Kenny Poto. That, that's just my perspective. You guys know the Shockers better than I do. But um, I, I think it had an effect a little bit on the game that way. Uh, but when, it, when it's all said and done, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm very, very proud of K-State's effort last night. I thought they had great focus and great energy, and they needed to have it against that team. Yeah, we were just talking in the segment before. It's a it's a strange because obviously we observe both teams uh, in a different way, and I think sure. for sure with with everything that has played out with Naquan Tomlin and the Nebraska game, you just feel good that K State's energy and effort were you know at, at their peak. Right there, there was no letdown in that game. And for Wichita State, when you when you consider that the fouls did get away from them and they had to try and play through that, they just got two players yep. back, DeGray and Cortez. I, I think that Shocker fans can feel okay coming out of that too. They just went blow for blow with K-State with the challenge of a foul game like that. So it really was. It was, it was kind of a nice game to see, I think, for both teams a little bit. I don't disagree with that in any way. And I'll even add to it by saying this. I liked Wichita State's team. I liked their effort. They played through some issues. I think you will agree with me on this. I really was surprised, pleasantly surprised, at what Coach Mills got out of Bijan Cortez. Um, talking to the Shocker radio For guys sure. beforehand, I think they felt like maybe he could play, but weren't sure. Um, and, and I thought the guy really played under control. He played with passion. He got inside the K-State defense and distributed the ball well. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't like anything that he did. And, you know, it's <laughs> trying to take my K-State bias away and just kind of looking at Wichita State. I like their team. I think they're good. Um, did they play at optimum level last night? Maybe not their best, but I do like the makeup of their team. And I, I think DeGray and, and Cortez are, are going to help them. Uh, in a big way. I, 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 that's just the way I see it. I like their length. I love Rogers. I think he's just a terrific scorer. And Bell, I thought Bell also played really well in the game. He was really aggressive getting inside. One more non-conference game, Wyatt, for the Wildcats after Christmas on uh, January 2nd, Chicago State, and then into Big 12 play. Obviously, there have been a ton of distractions over the last couple of weeks, I kind of felt like the game last night was a good palate cleanser a little bit for Kansas State. And then, of course, that yeah. you know one more final remaining non-conference game. How do you feel about this team overall as they are very close to getting into Big 12 play? A great question. And, and I, you know, as you're asking it, the one the, the, the first thing that popped into my mind was, had they beaten Nebraska, how good would we feel? Is that right. a fair thought? Absolutely. I, I think sure. that, yeah, be, because if they had, and they didn't, but if they had, I think people would really feel great going into break on a seven-game winning streak, even through the Naquan Tomlin thing, because I'm, I'm just telling you, Quez Glover is going to give K-State a, a shot of energy on both ends of the floor, and, and he will play for the first time against Chicago State on January 2nd. 
I got an opportunity to watch him at practice the other day. He was moving really well. I, I thought he did so well that maybe he could go last night. But this is one thing I'll say about Coach Tang. He has been very, very straightforward and honest about this. He will not play before January 2nd. I want him to be totally healthy. <laughs> and he uh, resisted temptation there, as he always does. And, uh, nope, we're going to wait till January 2nd. And his, he's, he's got elite quickness. I think he's a good defender. He can shoot the ball. He averaged about 14 and a half points a game last year. Uh, so, so he'll help. Uh, again, I do think this team is still continuing to find itself and, and you know, define and refine, if you will. And I don't think they've played anywhere near what they're capable of yet. Uh, but, but I, I suppose when it's all said and done at the break being nine and three, uh, 10 and two sounds better. I get it. Uh, but you got to live with it and move on because they've got to get better. And, and, and because of the league is so darn good. I mean, the league is really, really good guys. Really good. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they land. Am I incorrect, Wyatt, when I look at them and wonder how much higher? Because we know the ceiling came down with Naquan Tomlin gone. Like, there's no question about that. So, like, as I look at them and wonder how good they can be, is it as simple as as good as the, you know, Rich Finister Ames, the freshman, can develop over the course of this season, is that what raises or lowers this ceiling? Or is there something else with the other group who it feels like we kind of know what we're going to get out of those guys? That's another fantastic question from my perspective, because I think it's a little of all of it. I still don't think we've seen the best of Tyler Perry or, for that matter, Arthur Kaluma. I was very excited about David Gasson, as I mentioned a moment ago last night. If he plays like that with that kind of aggression – K-State's just better, right? I I still think that those three freshmen are going to be really, really good players during their time at K-State. The question is, is can they continue to improve and get better as this season goes on and help as we get into these harder and harder games? Because they are going to be exactly that. Um, You mentioned Dorian. Um, I've always liked him. he finally got an, a little bit of an opportunity last night. I thought he was – I mean, he didn't do a lot. But, uh, you know, with his length, he can come in there and give you a few minutes. And that's the thing. I, I guess what I'm saying at the end of the day, when you boil all of the water out of it, for K-State to be good, they need everybody, right, more times than not. I mean, it's one thing occasionally to, to lean on the scoring of, uh, of Kaluma and, and Tyler Perry – but they're just better when everybody's doing their part. It's a little different that way from last year where you had two pros and (laughs) things were pretty good with that group. Let's shift gears a little bit here. Wyatt, we're less than a week away from the bowl game, the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando for the Wildcats. From your perspective and being around the program, what do preparations look like as we are now less than a week away? I think it's been pretty good. I'll be honest, the first day or so, I I don't think it was very good. And and you can understand why, because of the time off and because of, you know, working around finals. And and let's be honest, guys, this team is going to be different when we get to next week, Thursday, than it was uh, that last Saturday in November for a multitude of reasons, personnel, um, you know, transfer portal, um, recruiting finals, all of those things, it, it, and, and not that everybody else isn't going through the same thing, but you know, I, I was thinking about this driving with Tom over uh, to Kansas City last night. You know, you, you, there's no Will Howard, uh, Ben Sennett, Philip Brooks, Kobe Savage. I mean, 
if you go back to August, those were probably the guys we were talking the most about, right, in terms of guys that K-State will lean on heavily and for leadership and that, that kind of thing. So I think what this is going to end up being is, is, is and didn't even mention Colin Klein, probably should have mentioned Colin Klein. This, I think, is going to be a game that wraps up 23, but also gives us a little bit of a peek into not only next year, but down the road. Uh, whether we like it or whether we don't. And I, I think for the most part, people are going to like the product. And I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about just the bowl game, but but moving forward, you know, we've talked about Avery a lot. And some of those guys that, I mean, Jace Brown, you know, finished really, really strongly. And I think other young guys could could have a hand in this. We'll see how they do. But but I, I do think this, this is a, a team that after those first couple of practices starting, started to kind of get back you know, together there a little bit and, and things were better in the most recent practices. I, I didn't see the one yesterday, of course, but um, I think things are going fine. And let's see, let's see how uh, next Thursday goes. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. So signing day happened this week too, Wyatt. You've seen a lot of signing days yep. and a lot of classes come through K-State. Last year's was, you know, a, a big one, as big as any we can remember. This year's was a little bit quieter. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think... I'd just be curious as we look at this and these things change, and it's probably less important, honestly, than it ever has been with the transfer portal. But, you know, KU feels like they had a really good year, one of their best they've had maybe ever. K-State was a little quieter, it felt like, on signing day. How is this class? And is it, you know, is there a reason maybe it was a little bit quieter because last year? I just don't know, like, opportunity is such a big part of this, too. But what was your take on the class coming in? Well, I'll be honest, and you guys probably are aware and know this about me. I, generally speaking, I'm pretty much the eternal optimist. Would, would you agree with that? Sure. But it's your job. But but, <laughs> but yeah. But with that said, here's what I'm going to tell you, uh, and I, I mean this sincerely. I, I think they did it. Had a really nice little flourish there at the end. Um, I, I really think the coaches are so excited about the, the defensive end slash defensive tackle, Malcolm Alcorn Crowder out of Butler. Uh, he brings size uh, to the table, athleticism, can play inside or out. Uh, I, I really, really like that one a lot. And then the, the other uh, junior college player that they got, I think could step in. Uh, Dante Thomas, I'm talking about a safety, uh, decent size is 6'1", 190. Those guys could certainly step in and, and be impactful players right away. A couple of other thoughts there. Um, love the uh, – not a ton of Kansas kids, but the four they got I think are really, really quality. And then uh, speed element, I have to mention that because I think they really – wanted to uh, upgrade there. And I think the running back out of Las Vegas, Bishop Gorman High School, is going to be <laughs> – well, he's got some pop to him in, in terms of his, his uh, athletic talent. And then they had a receiver from Texas that uh, declares is going to be a, a speedster too. And that, so in a more than a little bit of a nutshell there, I, I, that's how I feel about it. I, I think the coaches feel uh, that when you consider the, the signing class, the transfer portal – and the PWOs, the preferred walk-ons, they did just perfectly fine and probably better than everybody thinks. Yeah, well, that's – I mean, that's it. It's it's a t- – t- signing day is hard. It's harder now, I think, than it ever has been, yeah. so we appreciate it. Okay, so the next time we talk to you, Wyatt, it'll be post-bowl game. What do you guys have special on that broadcast, and what can we look forward to? 
Well, looking forward to it. Um, you know, as you guys know, Connor Riley is uh, going to be the offensive coordinator for this one. Uh, I've known Connor now for five years. I, I think he's ready for this opportunity. Uh, I think he's excited about it. Uh, we'll feature him in the pregame show. And uh, uh, usually on these special occasions, like the bowl games and stuff, I go to those, you know, veteran leadership guys. And I mentioned a lot of good quality leaders there a while ago, but two that I didn't mention we're going to visit with with our pregame show, or at least that's the plan. Uh, consensus All-American Cooper Beebe, who's one of the best offensive linemen in the country, uh, going to visit with him and then Austin Moore. Austin's, uh, I think you guys know this, but Austin's going to come back next year. So is Brendan Mott. Couldn't be more excited. Uso Sayamalo, too. <laughs> I think K-State's going to have a nice football team next fall. We're excited about it. We're excited about that bowl game, of course. We've got our eye on the local, Avery Johnson, and uh, just hopefully we get a, a glimpse into the future and everybody can be excited about it. Wyatt, we look forward to the call, look forward to the game, and look forward to another conversation next week. That that sounds good, guys. And I, I, I too, uh, mark me down with you there. I'm very excited to see how Avery handles all of this. I talked to him a couple of days ago, and he is really pumped. <laughs> he's ready. I don't hey, we we know we it. know him yeah. enough to know he's ready. He's been waiting for this his whole oh, life. Yeah, All right, yeah. Wyatt. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. holiday. Same. Uh, we'll we'll see you next week. You got it, guys. Great talking Merry- to you as always. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Wildcats. If you joined us late, there you can jump back on at uh, kfhradio.com. Check out the podcast version of that. Uh, you can also go to our video stream available on Facebook, on YouTube, on. Twitch, we got a nice festive feel to it. We're going to make some picks, top of the hour. We'll come back to that baseball story, uh, a nugget to get to in the ACC as well as this Grant of Rights in Florida State, getting a little more information on that uh, here in the last few minutes. Uh, we've got a special, was it, uh, it the night before Christmas, Jad? Is that right? Night before Christmas read from the Chiefs? Yeah. We'll have that for you in the second hour. Uh, we're feeling festive today. Welcome back, everybody, to another day of Sports Daily. We'll see you on the other side. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, we won't talk to you again before the end of Christmas. Uh, Santa Jad, how you feeling? Let's give away some HDO real quick. Sounds good. Uh, I I hop hotline eight six nine twelve forty. We'll give away two free brew house coffee drinks, which are good for iced hot coffee, espresso. You get a hot tea there. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. It's uh, it's more than just the delicious iced tea, but you can get your hands on two of those free ones that'll be good for the Wichita East location or in Derby. Uh, we are. Uh, putting in, it's going to be a crazy day for us, Tom. We've been dreading this day, but looking forward to it because we're re-merchandising the entire stores this afternoon. 
Uh, so if you go in there, you'll see all kinds of new stuff and snacks. But 869-1240, Jad will get us a winner for those two free brew house drinks at HTO. Uh, good luck. Merry Christmas. All right, let's go back to baseball for a minute, Tommy. I, I think this, you know, it's go- we're just going to keep talking about this, but I don't think there's a solution that baseball is uneven. Of course it is. Uh, but it's always been that way, right? This isn't a new problem for baseball. Contracts are just going up. But you've had a group of teams at the top of, you know, having the ability to bid on big-time free agents, and it's a small group, and nobody else really can, and there'll always be an outlier every once in a while. And that's the way it's always been. But when you go back and you look at the list of World Series champions, that I, I think the saving grace for baseball is – it's so difficult to win a World Series that you're always getting a variety there. They've expanded the playoff, which will keep more teams in the mix for longer. Um, you know, I saw something last night. I don't remember who said it, but they're like, the greatest gift the Royals have received is that they play in the AL Central. It's like the greatest offseason thing that could have happened. But I think the extra wild card spot helps that piece of things. It's just, it is reality, and I don't see an end in sight because it would have to be collectively bargained, and I don't think the teams or the players have any interest in this working any differently than it does. It would be different if the teams that are the big spenders are winning all the championships every single year, and that just doesn't really happen, right? You know, like, then these teams are always in the hunt. You always have the Dodgers in the hunt. Uh, Before this last season, the Yankees are typically always in the hunt. I think the Mets are the shining example of a team that spins like crazy and they typically don't win, you know? So it's not a guarantee that when you spend all this money, that just means that a team is going to win a world series. I think baseball is unique in the fact that the team that takes the field in April, a lot of times it's not the team that ends up winning the world series at the end of the year. It's a long season the dog days of summer are real. That's different than in the world of the NFL. I mean, I mean, there's always going to be differences from a team that starts the season to a team that ends the season in any league, but I'm not sure that it's as big in any other sport, but baseball. And so I, I just, I don't think that it's a massive issue. I really don't because these teams are not consistently winning championships year in, year out. They may be in the hunt, but they're not consistently always winning the championship. How many different World Series champions, Tommy, do you think we've had off the top of your head in the last 10 years? Seven. Nine. Nine. The only team to win two in the last 10 years is the Astros. Yeah. So, like, you know, and it's not the same. Like, So that tells you, one, and I only went back 10 years. I mean, if you go back a little bit further, you had the Cardinals in there. Uh, the Yankees would get in there. The Phillies, if you stretch it out to about 15 years. So you'd have, I think, about 12 in the last 15 uh, off of a quick look. Like, the that's the thing. Like, the regular season, you know, uh, diversity is not there as much. But the postseason is. And so you get these opportunities to to do this. And in baseball, it just is different, though, right? Like, it's not... I don't think you would see this as much in the NFL, right? You wouldn't yeah. if they didn't have a salary cap. You you might in the NBA. You probably would more in the NBA. But in baseball, 
there is you you just you really are operating with different economics and i and I, again i don't think that's a curable problem i i have more issue and more desire and appetite for a salary floor than i do a salary cap right to make sure that when you have such a disparity between the dodgers and the rays that the ray or, or let's use the a's cuz they've been the worst offender here or the or the guardians that they're doing everything they can to at least try to be competitive, and and they don't. And the Royals, you know what? They put their money where their mouth was this offseason. That's great. That's all we need to see. That's all we want to see. Just give your fans, you know, the at least perception that you're trying to win. And I don't know that, you know, there's some teams that don't do that. But as long as you have that, there's just a difference between L.A. and Kansas City, and, and there just is. But here's the other unique thing about baseball compared to the other professional leagues. It's been proven there are multiple ways to get it done, depending on the team, depending on the location of the team. In the NFL, I think we can all agree, and there are some exceptions, but in the NFL, if you have a star quarterback and then you, you you draft around him, you sign some free agents, whatever, A lot of times that's the blueprint for big time success in baseball. There's really not a consensus. Look at the Rays. Look at the Orioles this last season, young homegrown talent in the farm system. And these teams had success. Now the Orioles flamed out in the postseason. The Rays flamed out in the postseason, but the Diamondbacks didn't. And the Diamondbacks were young homegrown talent and they made it all the way to the world series. The Rangers did it a different way. They spent a bunch of money. And they made it to the World Series. The Braves, my team, they've got a a lot of young stars that they signed to long-term contracts. And they've won a bunch of games and challenged the Dodgers in the National League. They're, They're typically not going out and spending a ton of money on free agents. That's not their strategy. So there are a bunch of different ways to get it done. There's not one blueprint. And I think that's what makes it unique in baseball. Well, here's, look, baseball is baseball. Yamamoto is going to affect at the absolute most 20% of the games the Dodgers play this year. Imagine that in football. Imagine saying Patrick Mahomes is only going to be available to the Chiefs for 20% of their games. Yeah. It's just baseball's just a little bit different. And and that's and, and it is what it is. And that's why you'll always have that chance because the Dodgers can go spend this money. This guy's only going to help them maximum in one-fifth of their games that they play this year. Shohei's different, right? That's why he was so valuable. Uh, But it is, we'll just see how it plays out. They'll win a ton of regular season games, and then we'll find out if this guy's good enough to win a postseason game. 869-1240 is the number to call. Congratulations to Michael for winning some HTO Brewhouse coffee. Paul Savage jumps in next. We're going to make some picks, final picks of the new year, right? No, I guess we'll have one more set. Uh, But it'll be a fun week either way. We'll recap the latest, tell you where things stand, and pick 10 more games in the NFL next on Sports Daily. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.